What's up guys, here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 114, here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? Keep calm and Declan Rice on. It is on, it's happening, I'm doing well, I, I feel for Arsenal fans finally getting it over the line, I feel for West Ham fans finally getting money in their bank account. Uh, my gosh, the transfer window is heating up, there's a lot to talk about. So I'm good, I'm golden, I'm ready to go, how about you? I'm ready to go, and you said it. Arsenal did the most important move in the Premier League transfer window, most definitely with Declan Rice. The most expensive, yep. too. Declan Rice became mm. the most expensive transfer going to Arsenal and leaving West Ham. He leaves West Ham as a champion of the Conference League with his head up mm. high. He's a winner, and that's what Arsenal needs Winners in midfield next to Odegaard and now Kai Havertz. I want to say, Arsenal yep. in this transfer window, they were objective and they addressed their weaknesses. Arteta and exactly. Edu are doing a great job and Timber, Havertz and Declan Rice. That's three bold signings and it's just the start. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm mad. It's mad. It's mad. But it like mad. this video, people, because Arsenal, they're going bold. And if you believe in Arsenal, we want to see the light go going up if you believe in them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, and uh, let's see. Let's just get this out of the way. Declan Rice has now joined the most expensive footballer 11 of all time. What? So now you've got at goalkeeper, you've got Kepa. In defense, you've got Lucas Hernandez, Harry Maguire, and Van Dyke in and Hakimi. And there's an updated midfield now of Declan Rice, Enzo, and Antoine Griezmann. And up front, you've got Kylian Mbappe, Neymar, and Jao Felix. Oh, now, my gosh. Where's Declan Grealish Rice. and Bellingham? That's a, oh, my gosh. What, what, so what was, many. Yeah. I know, but it's true. It's so true. many. One a, it's a combined value of $1.1 <laughs> now, Declan Rice... Uh, he's going to have to put up or shut up when it comes down to this. And I don't know. The early odds, I think the early and overwhelming odds are that he is going to put up and he is going to take Arsenal to another level. What do you think? Uh, I think I definitely agree with that. And the, what, what I like okay. the most about this deal is Declan Rice was the best fit, yep. not just for Arsenal, but for Declan Rice too. From the moment sure. Chelsea bought Enzo, the best fit was yep. Declan Rice. That position was to be filled. And with the party news too, like, there was no doubts for Arteta and Edu. I think it was 11 months negotiating, and it makes complete sense. This is an England starter. He won the Conference League at West Ham, so he wins yep. civil war, like European civil war at West Ham. He leaves as a legend there, and he wants to become an Arsenal legend too. Declan Rice understands the heritage of Arsenal, and that's why it's such a good fit. And even... Like, transfers, we're mentioning these three. But this summer, Arteta and Edu, they extended Saka. They extended Saliba. They extended Martinelli. Yep. And now they address these important positions, which were weaknesses in the past. Normal holding. Yep. We just got timber. We just got timber. <laughs> Levels. And two, like, the, the, the difference from a Man City and a Liverpool from Arsenal in the last two years was the world-class starters that they have. Now Arsenal can say, we've got Ramsdale, we've got Saliba, we've got Odegaard, we've got Saka, S Declan Rice now. Like, world-class level players. Yeah. And that's what they need to compete against Liverpool and Man City. So Arsenal yeah. and Arteta, first time in the Champions League since 2016. And 
that is what Arsenal need to make a deep run. Declan Rice, yep. a leader and something they needed at the end of this season, especially, okay, in midfield. They felt that need yeah. to fill that. So I really had to say, well. Arsenal are going bold. And, like, my expectations for Arsenal is, if we see Kai Havertz at the start of the season balling out, similar like he did at Leverkusen, in a role in midfield, <laughs> boy, oh boy, Arsenal are definitely going to be big, big competition for Man City to win the Premier League. And I'm excited to see, because it's all about Havertz. Because yeah. 65 million, yeah. that's a lot. A lot. But listen... But yeah, well, six, 65 million, but you're talking over what net 200 million already spent this summer. Yeah. Uh, I understand that there are players that are still going to be leaving at some point, but when it comes down to it, um, for them to spend 200 million to finish second again, is going to be pretty interesting if that is what <laughs> in fact happens. Now they actually have a champion champions league campaign that they have to focus on. So the signing of Urian Timber is actually a whole lot bigger than people give it credit for because he could play on either side as well as in central defense. Yes. Um, but I still think there are weaknesses out there, right? Mm. Uh, striker, people have worries about Gabby Jesus, right? Uh, people also have worries at fullback. Whether or not they address that is going to be relatively interesting. And then there's injuries, the the age-old industry. But there's one there's one big thing, and you mentioned it previously. This was a massive, massive statement of intent. Yep. Arsenal is moving into whatever this is now in his recovery process or his uh, bring Arsenal the top process, Arteta, that is. Uh, they've got to be in step three now where they're attracting some of the Premier League, some of the world's best talent. They are still nurturing and bringing along. Uh, we got to remember how young Staka is, how young Martinelli is. One more season can mean a whole nother level for the two of them. Mm -hmm. um, but Arsenal is moving into a favorites to win it or favorites to be favorites mm -hmm. um, when it comes down to it in the Premier League. Uh, it's just Manchester City is still there at the top, beaming um, at, and delightfully laughing at the rest of the Premier League as they all struggle to contain and keep up with them. Um, so I, I love it. I, I, I absolutely love it. But when it comes down to it, I need to understand what, what's your first choice midfield uh, right now? Because when I'm looking at it, Declan Rice... You've got Declan Rice, you've got Martin Odegaard, and you've got Kai Havertz, maybe, a two advanced eights of some sort with a six in the back. Um, but that seems with no Havertz shot really. Yeah, it seems a little bit like weak to me. Great on offense, no, but maybe no, no, a little no. weak, a little tough. I mean, it's gonna really fall on Declan Rice hard. I mean mm -hmm. hard. I agree. Um I think he's I think he's up to the task, but is that your first choice midfield? It right is. now, my first choice midfield okay. for next season for Arsenal is Declan Rice, Havertz, and mm. Odegaard. Definitely in possession-based games. I do think they yeah. they have to address another CDM, okay, for Declan yep. Rice to be next to him in certain games, like we saw at West Ham with Thomas Juszczyk. But I think these should be the top three to start next season for Arsenal. It, I tell, I told you, Breton, it all it depends on how Havertz plays in this role because it's clear yeah. intent like you're saying to sign him assign as such a specific type player that can play nine can play ten like very adaptable but he needs to play the right way but i want to say yeah. certain words like these were words said by declan rice and he said that uh that uh arteta is a top manager and he was definitely a reason for him to sign for arsenal and that's the big difference right now Arsenal, yep. right now, have a world-class manager with Arteta established and seen 
as a world-class manager. But this season, we'll have the confirmation of just that. If he has a Champions League deep run, or if he can lift the, the Premier League. Because that would be yeah. very, very bold. But tell us in the comment yeah. section down below your expectations for Arsenal next season. Whee! And if yeah. I'm saying lifting yeah. Premier League title against Man City mm -hmm. and now Arsenal, Liverpool deserves attention. Because the, the shirt numbers, they're even making sense with the shirt numbers. Because the shirt numbers <laughs> of Liverpool for next season, number seven is Luis Diaz. Number eight is yeah. Dominic Chabazlai. Stevie G vibes right yeah. there. Number nine. Darwin Nunes. I expect to see more than 20 Premier League goals next season. And number 10, McAllister, a World Club winner. So there's a clear yeah. difference now in the Liverpool team for next season. And there's a clear out happening in midfield at Liverpool. O Oxdale Chamberlain's yeah. no longer there. Milner's no longer nope. there. Okay. Uh, 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 Henderson Hen might not be. Henderson. <laughs> Nabi yeah. Keita, he's leaving. So, uh, and, and Tiago Alcantara, I think he'll stay another season, but it's his last year of contract too at Liverpool. So there's going to be yeah. a huge change in midfield, and Klopp knows that needs to happen right now. Another midfielder to Liverpool. I, I think yeah, that's going to well, happen. I, I think it has to happen. Does mm -hmm. it not? I mean, just based off of last season, isn't, isn't it better to overcompensate and sign too many midfielders um, mm -hmm. than, than roll true. with what you rolled with last season? Now, we, we have to remember... Young Bucks like uh, Curtis Jones definitely still have a role to play. He was one of the better players at the U21 Euros. Bashetic. Um, Bashetic is back. Yep, absolutely. And uh, Harvey Elliott, uh, I think, is going to have a role to play. Maybe not centrally, but all over the place. I think the depth, I uh, it, it needs to be sustainably there. And it was not sustainably there for them last season. So, um, yeah, if you have the, the, the ability to bring in another, uh, you absolutely do so, which... Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would say the same for about our. It's crazy after 200 million spent, but I would say the same about Arsenal too. Um, but yeah, Liverpool definitely a statement of intent. I just don't know um, how much numbers uh, play into it. But yeah, we all knew Sobislai. Uh, I, I'm so immensely excited to see how the likes of Sobislai uh, actually transitions to Premier League football. Sobislai um, next I, season could be yeah. a top top five midfielder in the Premier League. Could be. That, that could be the intention in terms of goal difference, the goal numbers. Yeah. I think he can be in that list because he can assist, yeah. he can score. Dominic Shabazzlai is a very adaptable type player, too. So, he in is. the midfield, yeah. that's what Liverpool needed goals from the midfield. They they had a top mm -hmm. trio with Firmino, Salah, and Mane, but the midfield was yeah. always lacking goals big time. Why now them? was even big time for them. But Shobos lie is different. And different costs yep. 17 million. So I, I just yeah. want to say, the two midfielders too that are being talked to go to Liverpool a lot is Romeo Lavie. Yeah. I see a lot of yeah. news. And Caicedo. Whoa! I was I was Caicedo Chelsea. But if Liverpool steal Caicedo from going to Chelsea and they sign in this transfer window, McAllister, Shobos lie and Caicedo just from midfield, that is them saying Pitch. we're going to go for the Premier League title with Jurgen Klopp this season. And that's bold. Uh, that's bold. Hey. Uh, it is bold. But it's all bold on the back of that front trio. I'm using your word. Trio, <laughs> not trio. I That front trio, it's mm -hmm. whether or not... I mean, you mentioned they're, they're top rate. They're top rate on paper. But they have not been top rate in practice yet. They have not been top rate yet. Uh, and I, I think that they are a sleeping giant. And a sleeping giant that they paid a lot to assemble. But I think if you can keep them healthy, that, that front 
Yeah. I, I mean, you have Sobosly, um, McAllister protecting them, providing for them. You have Sobosly providing for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, my goodness, they, they could be one of the most high-octane attacks in the league next season. And I know that doesn't seem bold because of the names we're talking about here, but Darwin Nunes, we're going to talk about underrated ballers in the future mm -hmm. uh, near the end of this podcast. He's the one that I'm looking at that absolutely needs to ball out. True. Beyond Zobosly, beyond all of the additions, Darwin Nunes needs to have his uh, locked, his target locked uh, for this particular season if you want to talk about Liverpool contenders. I completely agree with that take about Darwin Nunes. Darwin Nunes, yeah. when he arrived, he, were being, he was being compared, wrongfully so, because of the expectations, in my opinion, yeah. with Haaland. With Haaland. Yeah. But I'm going to say a big a big transition to from last season to this season, a bit of Leicester vibes. Because we all know Leicester won the Premier League, okay, one season. But before that, at the end... They were not losing yeah. games to save a relegation battle. I feel the sure. same vibes with Trent Alexander-Arnold. He played in a new mm. position by the end of last season at Liverpool in the inverted fullback, playing at midfield. I yep. want to see Trent Alexander-Arnold playing in position in midfield from the start next season. Shabos Light and Trent Alexander-Arnold pinpointing passes to this offense. That is what is needed to stop a Man City defensively. The unpredictability yeah. of these two. So I really wanted well, to state that. That is 100% yeah. needed. But for that, well, sign you, a right back. Yeah. Sign a right back, Liverpool. Because, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that'll that'll become um, extra, extra, uh, verse, or no, what's the word? Extra needed yep. once Fabinho potentially leaves for Saudi Arabia, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> right? It's Al that is coming in for him, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Fabinho leaving is actually, I mean, that, I, I wouldn't call it a decimation because they've obviously brought in Sobosai, but you're talking, you need um, not just one, you might need two midfielders. Um, and Trent Alexander Arnold moving into the midfield obviously now opens up a right back hole and extra midfielders. So Liverpool. Uh, their job is nowhere close to done, and it's early into the pre into the uh, transfer market. Mm -hmm. um, so I I, my guess is that they're not even close to done, but they also need a center back, if I'm not mistaken. I, I mean, agree. would you say that? They're, I completely okay. agree. So and Henderson, there's a lot of work. And Henderson mm -hmm. and Milner, they, they Milner has already left. Henderson could be leaving too to Saudi Arabia, and those are two big yep. leaders. Big leaders in that team. I understand right now they have Alisson, Van Dijk, Trent. Big voices too. Salah, captain, obviously. But they need to address this with the centre-back problem. I completely agree with you. My the, the dream for every Liverpool fan, from my point of view, for, for centre-back is Levi Colville. Is Levi Colville. If Levi Colville goes to Liverpool, that left centre-back next to Van Dijk, that is an elite, bold duo with Konate as an option. Like, Liverpool yeah. will definitely be contending with centre-backs with the top teams in Europe. And the Man City, so now, for me, uh, most depth still, like, yeah. even if he yeah. goes there. <laughs> even. Well, so, so Liverpool is now monitoring uh, anyone, Chelsea, anyone Chelsea is after, anyone Chelsea is potentially looking at offloading. <laughs> and they're going to they're gonna just pop on in there, jump on in there. The only thing I have to say is Moises Cachetto, whether, whether or not you go to Chelsea or you go to Liverpool, um, make sure Brighton gets their $100 million. <laughs> Make sure Brighton are 100 million. You know what? I know that they know how to properly invest that money. Um, and and they'll, they'll get some good stuff done that we'll be talking about them flipping next year or the year after that. But Caicedo, my oh my, is he a hot commodity right That's now, true. as we all knew he was going to be. 
as we all knew he was going to be. So, but, but, uh, yeah, Liverpool, Arsenal might be closer to done, but Liverpool, I don't even think, has gotten started. And they've already <laughs> committed, what, $110 million <laughs> to two midfielders. Uh, so it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And you say not close to start, and I agree with you. I agree with you because they uh, still have big problems to address to compete with this Arsenal new team and with Man City yep. too. But people, tell but, us in the comment section down below, what do you think? Who do you think Liverpool should sign? And I want to say to Klopp, Klopp, this is going to be, I said a big season for Arsenal with Arteta, but it's a huge season <laughs> for Jurgen Klopp with Liverpool too. Sure. The first full season, he's out of the Champions League and this midfield clear outs, like he blamed the midfield for the problem last season. It's not going to be anymore because the FSG are addressing that problem right now. So poof, and, it's going to, it's going to be bold. It's gonna be bold. It, it is a uh, say arms race in the Premier League at the moment. I mean FSG. We all we all thought was probably going to be selling uh, off Liverpool, and my goodness, they've won 80 and and they're ready to invest. Oh, um, so it's really really interesting. And there's one other thing I have to mention here because I I know we mentioned it on Twitter. We've mentioned it in the past. Um, explain to me, okay, Romeo Lavia. One he's another one like Moises Caicedo light where everybody is looking at him and they're willing to spend about half of what they're going to spend on Caicedo, which is still a hefty 40 to 50 million. But Lavia is not just wanted by Liverpool. He's also wanted by Chelsea. He's also he's wanted all over the board. Okay. Mm -hmm. Romeo Lavia is another, and explain this to me, Alex, because you can, you can explain things pretty well. Romeo Lavia was bought for about 10 million or so from Underlecht. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he was bought by Manchester city's Academy. He barely played. I don't think he, he might have made one appearance for them. And he, he and he is going to get exactly he's going to get offloaded probably for forty to fifty, if not this summer, potentially next summer in the winter somewhere. But that is not it. Okay. Somehow Manchester City has managed to raise over sixty million euros in the last two season on players that barely even have a debut for them competitively. Wow. Okay. And about fifty million plus of that has gone to Southampton, okay? Juan Larios, Romeo Lavia. Uh, oh, my God. Of course, I'm going to blank all across the board here. Um, but when it when it comes down to it, oh, Shelly Charles, 19-year-old defensive midfielders, is the most recent, going for $12 million in the same window that Manchester United Zidane Iqbal goes for less than $1 million to FC Utrecht, I think, in the Eredivisie. What is it? Yeah, what is it that Manchester City is doing differently? Because there is no way Shea Charles is 12 times the player that Zidane Iqbal is. Uh, I okay, I love both of them as players, but what is it that they are doing? Is it their marketing department? No, no, no. I think there was a lot of investments in the Man City training facilities too. And underrated yeah. fact, just like I see at Porto, just like I see at Benfica, and now at Sporting, it's the youth league. A lot of yep. players have been developing in the youth league at Man City. And it's very attractive for a youngster. Instead of playing at Bristol City, instead of playing maybe at Burnley, playing at Man City in the youth league and having a chance to, to win the Premier League too and the other <laughs> academy leagues too. So I think it's but the money. It, I think it's yeah. the winning mentality from Guardiola too. His philosophy sure. is having an impact at Man City, just like it's having an, an all of football. Okay, Guardiola... Yeah. Has had Vincent Company, Arteta, okay, uh, Mareska that just went to Leicester, Xavi that yep. is managing Barca. All of them have been taught by Guardiola. He has a huge influence. And in the Man City it Academy, it's just the same too. So I see yep. a big pedigree 
in the level of football knowledge in the Man City culture right now uh, at the time. Like I said it in yeah, the past, you... Man City right now <laughs> is Man United what they were 15, 20 years ago. A winning culture that can't stop winning. Man City. It's uh, This is underrated. If Man City win the Prem next season, which I consider them favorites to win the Prem next season, they're going to win four in a row. That's never happened in the history of the no. Premier League. And Guardiola's going to do it. Going to do it in seven years, winning six Premier League uh, titles, if that happens, that's with a very changed team from the start to the end. Gundogan was his first signing. He left this yeah. summer. Oh, so City, I, I mean, think it's all that, Breton. All these variables it, put together. It, it is all that, but it has become it has become a very, very important part of how they manage FFP, right? And mm. it is really, really interesting that they are pretty much the only ones that are able to thread that needle and find willing trading partners. I mean, Southampton <laughs> has 50 million of that, but yeah, let's be honest. Southampton might have spent 50 million dollars, 50 million euros on five separate Manchester City prospects. But when it comes down to it, mm -hmm. if they sell Romeo Lavia for 50, you make up the cost for the most part. Uh, day one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it didn't stop Southampton from getting relegated. So <laughs> the, the quality true. the quality and the, the, that springboard, that stepping stone, it's just really, really interesting that it is one club that's doing most of the buy. <laughs> but at the same time, I agree. I mean... I don't oh. think there's one Manchester City footballer that that has stepped away and from the academy. I think Southampton always exploited like the academies of good teams at the top, like Livermore, Ariel Romeo. I, I remember yeah. in the past, like Southampton was yeah. always that team. If you want to develop and become big time, we we can have you. <laughs> we can have you, <laughs> no problems. And that's that's something we need to. I, I think I think I think it's really good by them. It's really good yeah. by them. And something too, if we talk just Man City. Man City, they're gonna, they have the chance to do this. And last summer, yep. they sell Zinchenko. They sell Gabriel Zouche. The whole world's talking about them, okay? They sell Sterling. And, like, they, they then, like, they buy Ortega for free. Yep. Ortega's, like, a, like a, the substitute teacher, uh, teacher uh, uh, goalkeeper of Ederson. Ortega. They get Julian Alvarez to replace Gabriel Zouche. And they get Erling Haaland. Like, it's insane. And this transfer window, Man City... They're gonna, they've gotten Kovacic to replace Kunoka, mm -hmm. a huge gap to fill. If Bernard Silva leaves, they'll address that. Walker is might be leaving to Bayern. They're going to address that. And they're going to be getting Gvardiol. Gvardiol yeah. that is huge in center back and can play fullback. And in their new yeah. tactics, Gvardiol is just perfect. So Guardiola is reinventing football at Man City. Oh, my gosh. I he's, wanted to say he's reinventing, he's, he's reinventing something. I, I don't – I think – Th this last Premier League win is the most impressive of them all. Oh, um, and and it's because of the transition, because of the 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 turnover within the roster of kind of main players. I wouldn't say main players, but mainstay players, players that definitely contributed the season previously. Um, and and if he does it again, if he's able to offload some other big pieces, some older pieces, some maybe getting up there in the wage bill pieces <laughs> and replace them and do it again. Um, yeah, I mean, but Guardiola. In the prime, Man City have the best center back, Ruben Dias, the best C yeah. C CDM, because Miro or Rodri, I understand that. But definitely the top, the best goal scorer too, were Erling Haaland and the best offensive mid, De Bruyne, the orchestrator yeah. of all this. De Bruyne is the only team at Man City currently that wasn't signed by Guardiola. 
<laughs> He's my the God. only player, okay, with the talent and more than enough talent, okay? This is a Premier League all-time player to stay and to remain in this Guardiola era. So, people, talk to Oops. us about Man City. Tell us, do you think they'll win the Premier League next, next season? Go bold. And any other transfers that you think will happen. But, poof, top yeah. four of the Premier League. I don't know if we could say, like, Chelsea? Are they on the top four of the Premier League talk, Breton? <laughs> not not right now. Ooh, not right now. No, absolutely not. The, 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 incomings, the incomings have not been incoming, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, Enzo, obviously, Madue. I mean, you've got a lot of players that they're hopefully gelling right now. They're all getting together. But the offloading continues, right? And we'll talk about the offloads in a second. Um, but I think the most interesting thing that has happened in the last week uh, with Chelsea has been their acquisition or uh, acquisition of a majority of Strasbourg um, in legal. And they have kicked out their current boss and they have instituted Patrick Vieira, Arsenal legend Patrick Vieira, as their boss uh, to hopefully build kind of a, um, what's the right word? A proxy a uh, for their transfer policy uh, where they can send some young players. So guys like Angelo Gabriel, who they have not, announced yet but might announce in the near future they might send them there kind of like what manchester city did with troy uh which is now they're now relegated in league league two so it's really really interesting to get a guy that literally uh is a gunner legend a french national team legend mm -hmm. uh was recently the boss of crystal palace uh <laughs> it went well for a smidgen and then didn't go well you know so much uh, so it's really, really interesting to see how they're going to kind of build an extension of what Chelsea's going to do. But none of that, mm. all of that, I should say, pales in comparison to the work that still needs to be done on Chelsea's roster. Completely you got them out. Where's the incomings? Completely right. Agree. And I'm sure you've got a list. Who's next? <laughs> Who's coming well, in? I, I have. I want to mention an incoming related to what you're saying about Strasbourg is they sign Angelo yeah. from Sanch. And they're gonna mm -hmm. is they gonna loan him out straight away to Strasbourg, and I think that's Correct. what that's what Todd Boyle wants. He doesn't want a problem yeah. of who's gonna be my striker in the future. No, he wants his striker developing at Strasbourg or at any other uh, Chelsea group team. Okay, and that's what yeah. Red Bull Salzburg seems to be doing. And we'll mention more forwards. Okay, about Red Bull Salzburg and RB Leipzig. But talking about yeah. Chelsea, I'm a big believer of Pochettino at Chelsea. Maybe not to win the Premier League, but definitely to leave one day as a much better team than what he than what he comes from. Okay, he just yeah. arrives and Chelsea is a mess. And I believe when Pochettino leaves, it won't be a mess. It will be a top four established team because that's what he does in rebuilds. Tottenham looked much uh, better. Southampton looked much better after he left. And I think this team needs a man like him. Okay, because Pochettino. In a team that does, that isn't full of stars, that in a team that's very ambitious, in a team that wants to prove themselves, very different from PSG, he'll succeed. Uh -huh. And this Chelsea team yeah. has big doubts. And again, the biggest problem of Chelsea right now is to convince the whole entire world that they are a top four team because it's unexpected what's going to happen to them in the future but structure is happening yep. a rebuild is happening lukaku might be leaving for like 37 to 35 million i know it's contingent Maybe. towards the vlahovic deal if vlahovic doesn't leave juve juve doesn't get lukaku that's what's being talked right now so lukaku yep. a, a vlahovic replacement at juve but 
My point, what, I'm, what I really want to say about this is we're seeing change at Chelsea. They're addressing their problems, in my view, and they need a total locker room shape. Lampard says there were too many people there and the culture wasn't the same from when I was there. Frank Lampard. Yeah. And he, like, he wasn't the best manager at Chelsea, but he got a top four. He got a top four, okay, with, 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 with a team of Chelsea that then... Managed to win the Champions League with Tuchel. So they didn't yeah. need another shakeup. But I'd yeah, like to see that... the news about Shirky. Because I think Ryan <laughs> Shirky, he might not be yeah. a, a, a Ligue 1 winner like Hazard was at Lille. And a very established player when he leaves Ligue 1. But Ryan Shirky yeah. definitely resembles a lot the style of play of Hazard and the talent. He can create a big impact if he is trust upon big time. In Kunku, Shirky, Noni Madueke, Mudrik, exciting names and very objective in terms of goals, these type of players. Fast, flair, yeah. objective, talented. That's what they want. So I, I, it, I like that move if that happens. So. Well, yeah, uh, but Cherokee coming in, again, doesn't address the biggest issue, and it still still doesn't. So they get get the striker in first. You've got Christopher Nkunku, right, who's going to play your shadow yeah, striker. Yep. He's going to play your whatever up there. Ryan Cherokee, I think, is just a surplus. Um, and I, to be honest, I don't know how well Cherokee would actually um, transition to the Premier League. Um, I mean, he might wind up being more Ben Arfa uh, than he winds up being Aiden Hazard. Well, uh, Newcastle. As, as, as silky. Yeah, well, that's true. That's, that is true. Never ben Arfa had his moment. Ben Arfa, exactly. Um, but Ryan Cherokee, I think uh, he also has injury issues that that I've been concerned about. I mean, it's I think it's two big injuries in the last three years, two years, mm -hmm. which happens mm -hmm. as you grow. But there is no doubting his insane, immense talent on the ball. Um, the issue is, is it just feels a little bit more like collection for collection's sake instead of actually addressing the issues. You mentioned that they're being objective about it. You mentioned that they're actually trying to hit goals and trying to fill the roles. I don't see it just yet because that striker position is still not upgraded. Um, and Nicholas Jackson and some of these others... It's upgraded. Uh, who's, who's come in Red Bull Rock. Really? It's upgraded. I think Nicholas okay. Jackson is better than any option they had last season, in my point of but view. But not top, not top four on great. Upgraded. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree yeah. with that. But, like, if we see ton, uh, Newcastle, if we see Arsenal, Liverpool, United, I think they should be, like, focusing on maybe, like, fifth, sixth. I think it's more realistic for Chelsea oh, fans yeah. to think towards that. But I think big time, too. Let, like, this, I don't know. But it's interesting. Let, let's be honest, Alex. There is no way but up off of last season. <laughs> there is no way but up. I think I think most people or most Chelsea supporters out there are saying, um, uh, you know, top six. They, 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 I don't know, actually. I mean, they might snap back and just kind of dismiss last year as an outlier. But to be honest, the way I look at this, the, the way I look at this from a from a top down type of situation, uh, is you mentioned that they were in disarray or something. Frank Lampard wasn't the greatest, and yet they wound up winning the Champions League. That might have been the outlier. Uh, but then you say that Chelsea's a mess, and there's not even twelve to sixteen months that separate those two, right? Uh, from when we were seeing them lift the trophy to then when we were labeling them as an absolute mess. So it's one of those things where like. No, you can go back in time, obviously, but revision, revisionist history in that they tried to orchestrate a type of a squad refresh that Guardiola type um, orchestrated perfectly, almost flawlessly, except they won the Champions League and then they tried to refresh the squad and they 
literally did horrendously at doing so. They've had four managers in how many years? I think it's four years? more the Todd Boyle investments. Right? That, I think that was the yeah. big that was the big variable difference. Yeah. <laughs> That's the narrative different. was That's, that Chelsea yeah. was an absolute trash heap, and it absolutely was not. But now you're so far in the thick of this squad refresh. And I, it's not even a squad refresh. It's buying a whole new squad, essentially. And uh, it has to continue. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, right now, right now, it's it's hard not to just watch them and, and wonder how are there not more incomings at I, this moment in time? I clearly stated, I think Pochettino starts a mess, but I think he'll be leaving without being a mess. Uh, Chelsea. Yeah. Okay. I think they're going to fix a lot of their problems this season. Okay, because a lot of problems are being addressed, and I think they're signing well. Yeah. I think Enzo Fernandez was a one-shot, one-deal has to happen now because of the, all the interest internationally for Enzo Fernandez. Maybe even a Real Madrid, if he was like 20 million cheaper than Jude Bellingham, maybe Real Madrid would have gone for Enzo Fernandez. But the, tru but the truth is, Levi Colville. That is the most important deal, in my view, that Chelsea needs to lock in. They have to get Levi Colville next to Enzo in the future, next to Nodi Madueke, next to Mudrik. They need an English starter, an identity of Corbin at Chelsea next to Reese James too. They need these type of players. And Mason Mount leaving, that's a big Big, big shot in the gut for Chelsea. But if they have Reece yeah. James and, and Levi Colville going up, they still have an identity, identity at Coburn and returning to John Terry back to Chelsea. But tell us, people, yeah. well, your thoughts about Chelsea. New signings. Strasbourg, affiliate new club with Todd Boyley. We want to know your thoughts in the comments section, people, yeah. about this Chelsea outcome. Whoosh! No, no, no. Uh, is Kepa your goalkeeper? Is Kepa your goalkeeper? I th I th We're going to segue it. Yeah, but is Kepa your goalkeeper? My, I, I, I'm really, that's a good point now. Because I am I am very worried on how Chelsea are seeing the goalkeeper problem. I think Kepa, I think Pochettino is fine to have Kepa. But I think they shouldn't. I think they shouldn't. Be, because I see this Andre Onana going to Chelsea, yeah. going to United. And I think, why didn't Chelsea go for him? Why didn't Chelsea go for him? But Diogo Costa, I've told you, I've already seen links. Diogo Costa in the news, in the Portuguese news, to maybe go to Chelsea and to United, but on United no more. Since Onana is and there. So, on his way. Yep. On but, his way. Okay. But, but yes, and if you want to see who's the top five go. So we have here a segue. Uh, we wanted to talk here a topic that since Onana yeah. is now coming to the Premier League, we think it's very mm -hmm. relevant to speak about who we think are the top five goalkeepers in the Premier League. And we know all of you, some of you are Arsenal fans, some of you are United, City. This is going to be bold, man, because like, it, without the number one, all the, all the other four, it's a hard choice to do. But before we get yeah. to it, put in the comment section, who are your top five goalkeepers in the Premier League? Oi, Bretton, do you want to start? Well, yeah, no, no, more think, I'd be, no more the game. No more the game. Well, yeah, no. Yeah, but I, I think it's pretty easy based on goals prevented, based on his body of work. Allison, until somebody knocks him off, is my number one. There's I completely no agree. Allison is the best okay. goalkeeper in the Premier League. I agree with that statement yeah. too. Who's your number two? Oof. But would you start from fifth? Why would okay. we start from one? <laughs> we just started oh. from... <laughs> well, because it's unanimous. Because it's unanimous. I okay. think that's why, right? I mean, I think we all agreed. I, I'm more... I mean, I don't even know if we need to go top five here because I do think, 
when it comes down to it, last season, mm. uh, while he made his mistakes, I still think David De Gea was number two. Number no. two. Like, a shade. A shade above Ederson. No. A shade above, a shade above Ever Ederson for me. Hell no. No way. What? Ramsdale? Ramsdale is influential no, no, no. in Arsenal's style of play. In the Premier League. Get out of here. No way. What? There is no way that he would be number two. What? If you, you're, you're literally <laughs> saying that Aaron Ramsdale was the number two goalkeeper in the Premier League or is ranked as the number two goalkeeper in the Premier I League. I right, right now put Alisson number one. I put Ederson number two. And I put, okay, Onana number three. And I put Ramsdale okay. number four. Okay, so where I was going with this was that De Gea was two, maybe three. If if depending between Ederson and De Gea, it was a, a dead heat for me. Okay, now Onana, I think is, uh, you know, is still up there. He, I think he's better than four, five, six. I think Onana Who's is going to come you? in as the third. Ederson is two. So I go Allison one, Ederson two, three will be Andre Onana for me. There's Emiliano Martinez, more so his body of work, right? Yeah, Less so because he's he hasn't he hasn't cooked that hard in the Premier League. But Aston Villa is doing the right things, and he was great for them in that stretch um, to get them up into uh, Europe near the end of the season. And then number five for me is kind of a toss up here, uh, but you got three English goalkeepers that are all very very good. Um, and Jordan Pickford doesn't get enough credit because he played for one of the crappiest teams in the Premier League last season, but my goodness, they'd be a whole lot worse off. But my number five, I got to go with the best defense in the league. Yeah, Nick Pope. And that's Nick Nick Pope. I five for me. That. I agree. Um, I put look, Nick Pope five, but still, like, like if you put Nick Pope five, so yeah. let's see. So Allison number one, Ederson number yeah. two, Andre Onana mm -hmm. uh, number three, Emiliano Martinez number four, and Nick Pope, mm -hmm. number five, that means there's no Ramsdale. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what to say about that. Um, <laughs> it, it's I, a toss-up. I, I really, it, this is why it's a really, really tough thing to do. And I think your club support bias is going to come in there. I, for some reason, give a lot of credence or a lot of uh, awaiting, overweighting to goals prevented. Uh, teams, you know, and I know that's, it's never a perfect situation but what liverpool was going through last season allison was bar none if he was not in goal oh, would yeah. have made that a whole lot of a worse scenario whereas kepa did not do the same thing for chelsea oh okay so, uh, you know what i mean so aaron ramsdale i think made some costly mistakes but i do agree that culturally in terms of what he brings to the table determination uh just fire and vigor and, and want to get better I, I think he is just above and beyond if you're talking about a guy that just feels every game as, as if it's his last. Um, Ramsdale, I absolutely think, um, bar none, gets things done culturally for Arteta, and that might be the wrong word, atmospherically, uh, whatever you want to it's call true. it, more so. And I think his goalkeeping ability is going to catch up long term. I think absolutely. He's Rams still 25. Ramsdale you know? was important in the Declan Rice deal from my point of view. I think I think he had a hand in that, and both of them will be starters for England. I think Ramsdale yeah. will be surpassing Pickford. I love Pickford, yeah. but ah, yeah. not, not top five. <laughs> not no. top five. David Raya, I think he's really good too. Goalkeeper, I yes. think he could have yeah. got a Tottenham. I wouldn't have be been mm -hmm. surprised. But it's interesting yeah. to see that like next season in the Premier League, we won't have Lloris ou Lloris a Tottenham legend that we're oh. so used to seeing in goalkeeper for Tottenham and. David De Gea, 
for Mayan United, yeah. a legend too for the club. I think he has the most games Crazy. for a goalkeeper at Man United in their history. So it's a mm -hmm. very different, very different team. But uh, but I completely agree. In this video, I want to leave with saying Allison is definitely the number one. And we believe yep. the Andro Nana signing makes him a top three goalkeeper in the Premier League next season. But tell us your, your <laughs> choices down below for the top three or top five goalkeepers in the Premier League. And we might be having a manager's coming next 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 week. So people, go sure. bold in the comment section and like like this video. But one, the last thing I want to address with the Premier League is Harry Kane. Harry mm -hmm. Kane. He's still at Tottenham. What will happen to Harry Kane, Bretton? Will he stay at Tottenham and extend and become a legend? And I think I think the all-time goal scorer in the Premier League with a Tottenham shirt? Will we see him staying at Tottenham one more season and then leaving on a free to the Premier League? Or will we see Harry Kane leaving this summer to Bayern Munich? That it doesn't seem like it's uh, going to happen right now. What, what are your thoughts, I know. <laughs> if you see, If you see my face right now, I am flabbergasted as this even being a scenario. Um, because I'll, the one thing about the Bayern move for Harry Kane that made no sense to me was always the Premier League goal scoring record. Um, he's been to a Champions League final before. It didn't work out. Okay. Uh, Bayern does not necessarily guarantee that that gets you there. So beyond competitively uh, destroying everybody and maybe winning a trophy in the Bundesliga for the 11th or 12th or whatever season in a row it might be, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily get uh, him leaving and going to another country um while there are phenomenal opportunities right in front of him. And right now, you've mentioned a couple, and yet there's one that does not stand out to me that seems, again, like the obvious. And that's Harry Kane to Chelsea. Harry Kane to Chelsea under Pochettino makes way too much sense for it not to get done when Chelsea is in need of an established Premier League, you know, golden boot winning striker, someone that's done it before, even at bad seasons and great seasons, he has changed his game to suit the sp to suit Spurs and to make up for Spurs. He has been the playmaker sometimes more than he has been the goal scorer. Harry Kane is what Chelsea needs. I don't understand why that is not a conversation that's being had right now. And Man United. Well, Man United needs to. I think it would make more Absolutely. sense going to Man United since they're in the Champions Probably. League. But more dollars? <laughs> I think Chelsea would definitely be handing a big-time contract to Harry Kane. Yeah. That is such an interesting suggestion because this is what Chelsea needs arguments to be in the top four once again. And Harry Kane, the all-time leading goal scorer in the English national team in their history, going to Chelsea, that would be a bang. The only team that won the Champions League in London. Two Champions League right yeah. now. So in terms of history... Like, he would be winning titles maybe in the future, but it's still a doubt. And with Bayern but Munich, he, Harry Kane would be guaranteed yeah. winning titles. That's, that's yeah, a big and thing. It is, his, window, his window is getting smaller. I get it, right? Guy wants a trophy. Understandably so. I think in the interim, in the near term, Manchester United uh, staying in the Prem and being able to chase down that goal, that Premier League goal-scoring record uh, that probably serves him the best and while also balancing his goal of wanting a trophy. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you want to join an absolute refresh and give some certainty that re to that refresh, Harry Kane to Chelsea makes a whole lot of sense if that goal-scoring record is still in his mind. But yeah, you want 
trophy right away, even if it's not born in England, uh, then Bayern is is the way to go. Um, I, I don't see the Bayern move making, happening now. And internationally, um, I, I don't think Luis Kempsch, yeah. PSG, I don't think yeah. he'll be going for Harry Kane. Luis Kempsch, I think he's going for a young striker, more feel, like a Gonçal Reves, yeah. like an Ozime, because he's a very good identifying young talents. Uh, but I think Bayern is the most solid, and I think the only legitimate club that really is willing to Tender. pay more than 80 million for Harry Kane. Uh, Real Madrid yeah. no more. Real Madrid no more. More than 80 million for Harry Kane. For Real Madrid, it's way too expensive for a one-year contract striker. They understand he's world-class, but Mbappe is on the pipeline, and that's the true number nine that Real Madrid think they should invest all, everything. And I understand that. But Harry Kane yeah. now... Like, this is a problem. But the three clubs, I like it. Tell us, people, your your thoughts in the comments section. A surprise move to Chelsea. Man United uh, staying at Tottenham another season for Harry Kane. Absolutely right, tragic. And don't forget to like this video for more videos just like this. Eddie, that would be so tragic, Brenton. But, but, but what would be tragic, too? Pulisic not winning titles at AC Milan. <laughs> Top four. Uh, no. Minimal expectations uh, now. Top four. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this this AC Milan is piecing together, and I still think they're a right winger away, uh, depending on where Pulisic plays. Striker they, they've away. They've got Chukwueze. Uh, they're they yeah Giroud. You're on borrowed legs. That's for sure. Uh, but AC Milan, I think, is firmly going to be in the Scudetto chase. Um, mm. I think Napoli is getting kind of decimated. They still have Osimhen. Uh, they obviously still have Kavarit Skilia, um, but uh, Lobotka, yeah, that's true. They haven't really lost actually too, too much, except obviously their big center back, mm -hmm. uh, which has not been announced yet. But when it comes down to it, the Tonali money, as hard <laughs> as it was to let him go, 60 million plus euros in Syria goes a long way these days. And that's kind of saying something because it feels like more talent is leaving Syria these days for big money than there is injected into it. Um, so. And right now, what we what we heard was uh, Christian Pulisic, right? 20 mm -hmm. plus million. They didn't get the 25 they want. Well, I can tell you, Christian Pulisic, is, his smile is back. He has this this new vigor to him, this new excitement. Uh, Stefano Pioli wants him there, has had endless conversations with him about where he's going to fit in. <laughs> We're all looking at it. He's not going to play in his preferred left wing space. But now you've got a front three, potentially front four, uh, of Rafa Leal, of Olivier Giroud, mm -hmm. and you've got Christian Pulisic. And now you need maybe one more piece in there. Whether Pulisic plays at the 10 or he plays at right wing, he um, if you can get one more piece in there, I can safely say that potentially AC Milan is a Scudetto favorite, okay? <laughs> and if that piece happens to be Samuel Chukwese, I will Ooh. definitely say that that could be a Scudetto favorite um, to me. It's just nice to see him back. And based on Chelsea's exit tweet, sending mm -hmm. out, you know, just later, see ya, <laughs> no thank you or really anything like that, I think everybody is... Um, it's... You can rightfully, you can rightfully argue and litigate his uh, uh, efficiency, his injury record, his whatever, his exit statements about wanting to play more. But my goodness, the man played 150 games or so for Chelsea, and in the last 50 or so, the majority of them have been coming off 
the bench. So any person that leaves and says, thank you, but I want to play more, this isn't an earth-shattering moment. He's speaking facts. And he's going to AC Milan to have an impact. Um, and I believe that he absolutely will. Um, but with, I don't know. With AC Milan, I think... I will yeah. go to, I'll go to Pulisic. But I just want to say, with AC sure. Milan, Tonali leaves. A big problem yeah. for them. 17 million comes in. And Paolo Maldini leaves too. Big structurally, this changes for next season, okay? <laughs> so I think this, people are in doubts and people know that Asa Milan are on a budget currently but Tonali has yes. left but to address that same possession they get Ruben Loftus-Cheek and they get now from yep. Azel Kmar it's done I'm gonna butcher this name Shanji Rinders okay for 20 million very good defensively very complete too and was crucial for Azel Kmar last season at the visa my the way I see it it's Asa Milan as top Four minimal expectations. They must keep Mike He's Magnan. They must keep Teo mm -hmm. Hernandez. Tomori's got to stay there. And they have to... Ben Acer is quite, quite underrated in my view. And yeah. they need to keep when this injured. core. Like, when, we're not injured too. <laughs> but they have a young core right there. And even the Chelsea. Yeah. The Chelsea influence in this Issa Milan team is just ridiculous. Huge. From Giroud uh -huh. to Bakayoko to Pulisic to Tomori. Like every single player has gone through Chelsea to go to Issa Milan right now. It's absolutely mad. But I yeah. still believe they have the best goalkeeper in the world with Mike Magna. I think that's, yeah. that's no doubt. No doubt, and it's mad that Donnarumma left for Mike Magna and the best left back with Teo Hernandez and one of the best wingers with Rafael Leon. Sadly, Tonali yeah. had to leave with the Rafael, Rafael Leon extension. I hope, I just hope, I it would have been better if they just stayed together. But I understand, Tonali, well, uh, well, has to leave. Oh. Yeah, and, and I think Tijani Reinders is a, definitely not an upgrade to Tonali or an upgrade per se. Uh, but I think he's going to wind up being a massive, massive piece for them. Um, kind of like Toon Koop Myers, uh, who, who came from the Eredivisie as well. Uh, this guy actually creates. He creates. He mm -hmm. does really well. He's very, very sound defensively. But I believe he was fourth in the Eredivisie in, uh, what is it, in shot creating action. So he's very progressive in that sense. And he was only behind Orkin Koksu and a certain Dusan Tadic, who we'll Ooh. talk about in a minute. So those are... That's pretty great limited company up there. Sure. Uh, so I think Tijani Reinders is going to have more of an advanced role than people think uh, with Loftus-Cheek, uh, with Benacer hopefully coming back. And I, like you mentioned, I think the biggest coup for AC Milan right now, as Serie A is bleeding a little bit of talent well, you know, all across the board, mm -hmm. the biggest coup for them so far is keeping Teo Hernandez, is keeping Mike Magnon, and keeping Rafa Leal with the extension. That is massive, massive, um, in the at the expense of Tenali. But listen, about the whole Christian Pulisic thing, <laughs> one of these one of these teams is playing Champions League football this season, and the other is not. Okay, <laughs> so for me, when it comes to a U.S. men's national team type of approach here. I am happy to see CP eleven now. Or is that what he got? Yeah, eleven. Yeah, I'm happy to see. I'm happy to see him. Uh, going to be able to continue to play ball in in Europe. Um, and uh, Chelsea yeah. will continue to get. No, listen. Chelsea had to offload him. There's no doubt about it. Exactly. I get it. When he when he came for seventy million euros back then, um, a lot of it was also marketing. 
Um, but but I think he hell he won a Champions League. He scored goals in big finals and semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, was it the happy ending? I how think everybody wanted grade? for him. How much would you grade Pulisic at Chelsea at his time from D oh to, to A? Mm. I, I don't would, know. It's kind of tinged, tinged negatively right now, but I'd say C plus, B minus. I, C plus. I think C, yeah. C, C, C plus. Completely agree. Yeah. Champions League goals, okay. that's important. But injuries, without injuries, I think we'd be talking oh, the B plus tough. maybe. And with more opportunities too. And that's but what Asa Milan, I, do, I think, will bring to Christian. Yeah, Pulisic. but before before we move on from Serie A, no, I mean, are you, mm-hmm. are you worried... Even in the slightest bit, uh, are you worried about you know like Brozovic leaving for Saudi Arabia? I mean, there seems to be a little bit of a talent bleed going on. Uh, You're losing Milinkovic Savic uh, from Lazio. That's humongous considering how many big time Champions League contenders wanted him at one point or another over the last few seasons. Marcelo Brozovic did not have a great season last season, but the season before that, if I remember correctly, he was one of the best in the world. Or was no, that three still seasons is. ago? World Cup. He's, he he still Cup is, but you're you're losing. I mean, Kulisevsky, we knew that was happening going, but Hamed Traore going for 25, not the biggest going on. But it feels like there's a broader issue of Syria, Syria letting talent go and, and not necessarily bringing in as much as we expected them to. So hopefully that changes in the next, you know, coming months as the transfer market peters out Aruma, some. They leaked uh, yeah. Kim now, but I, I still want to say on the Issa Milan front, Asa Milan uh-huh. must sign a striker for next season. That problem must be addressed. We love Giroud. I think Giroud should stay. Definitely a great substitute striker. But sign a player like Taremi, Okafor. Danjuma is a risk, but still a very good uh-huh. player. But Okafor, Taremi, or even Balogun, those would be good signings from my point of view for Asa Milan yeah. next season. But people, tell us in the comment section down below your expectations for Asa Milan next season. Top four, Scudetto, tell us. And the Pulisic, why would you grade Pulisic his time at Chelsea? And tell us anything related to Asa Milan in the comment section and like this video. But we wanted to say underrated, this underrated that we have to mention uh, a great franchise, not franchise. I don't want to say franchise. This is not. This it's is not. not <laughs> I, I know. I get not you. MLS. I get Again, you. Yeah. I get yeah. you. But the Red Bull, the Red Bull Group, has had a huge impact yeah. in football in many different countries. Okay, from the yeah. states to Austria to Germany to Brazil. Now, successful, successful teams too. And I wanted to yeah. say just to start a Red Bull. Red Bull Salzburg is the most dominant team in Austria. And Red Bull wants RB Leipzig to be the most dominant team in Germany. Because that's Bayern's spot right now. But RB Salzburg, since 2006, have won the Austrian League 14 times. 14 times. And in the, the, the history of the club, they had won 17 times the Austrian League. So that is mad, the impact of the Red Bull group. Just with the right signings, the right recruitment, the right developing yeah. that they've done yeah. in an Austrian club. It's just the gap is so different. Our only RB well, Salzburg also, in the Champions League from Austria. Like, I right, and it would be in. It would be interesting if it was just Salzburg, you know, steamrolling Aus- the Austrian Bundesliga every season. But they've also made humongous strides in their Champions League, True. Um, their Champions League campaign. So, you know, that has to be given a little bit of credit. But yes, they are every bit that pipeline for RB Leipzig that Leipzig seems to be definitely 
um, tapping into these days, as we saw, what, 44 million or so mm -hmm. uh, get committed towards bringing in Benjamin Sesco and Nicholas Seafold. So um, I, that's not the last of it. I mean, I can tell you Salzburg right now is swimming in prospects again. Samson Baidu in defense. You've got Kareem Konate, uh, who is the next one up. Uh, in my opinion, you've got, you know, Seko Koita and some other guys that have been there a Pavlovich. while, but th there's, yes, yes. Um, Lucas Susic, absolutely. Um, Susic, and heck, Susic. they've got, uh, who's that, Solet. who's that center back? Solet, uh, French center back. Umar Solet. Very and the, good and the guy that went from Monaco, the Serbian guy, uh, big, big man. Pavlovic. 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 Yep. So Salzburg is every bit that, but man, RB Leipzig. As Salzburg goes through a refresh almost every season, but they always have their guys down at FC Leifering getting their t getting their uh, mm -hmm. their their reps and getting ready to you know take uh, steps up. RB Leipzig, this is unprecedented for RB Leipzig when it comes down to it. To lose Sobislai, to lose Christopher Nkunku, and potentially lose Josko Gavardiol all in the same transfer window or close to the same transfer window. Between Sobislai and Nkunku, that's 168 goal involvements over the last, what, like several seasons? Oof. I get that they sold them for $130 million. If you add Gavardio, maybe at 100 plus for that, that's $230 million brought in. But that's a lot of cheddar, and where are you going to spend it, considering how they go about things? Well, we got our first data point on that. Mm -hmm. Our first data point is they broke their club record signing for who? For Lois Openda. Mm -hmm. um, yes. 43 million, I think it was. And uh, this guy. It was 43, but definitely expensive. Yeah. Is. 43 million. Um, and they can't be anywhere close to done, but I do have to say Lois Openda going from loans to uh, Leipzig is huge. Loans he brought to their first Champions League uh, appearance in 20 plus years all because Openda hit for 20 plus goals in Lyon, right? True. That lands him a they lands them a 40 plus million euro cash injection and now it's going to be Lois Openda, it's going to be Benjamin Sesko and Timo Werner in some sort of a weird backup role maybe, I don't know. But that is quite a attack, but an attack we've never seen before with Leipzig. We don't know how it's going to translate to the Bundesliga. I but I don't know how they do it. How are you supposed to uh, compete for a Bundesliga title if you have to literally refresh your squad every season? I agree with it? that. I agree with that point. But the way I see it is this is not going to happen too many times if they're going to be an established team in the future. Currently, and. they're working towards getting to that point. But right now, yeah. they can't convince Nkunku N N that they're going to win the Bundesliga. They did as much yeah. as they could. They did as much as Two they trophies. could. I think Nkunku could have left Two last trophies. summer. Last summer, mm -hmm. Nkunku could have left. But they still extended at him and got him another season and maybe saved $10 million just to have him another season. But I think True. you said RB Leipzig are going to, if Guardiola leaves, they're going to get $230 million in one window. But they've signed six youngsters. Chesco, Opinda, Seifeld, Fabio Carvalho, underrated loan move. They've got in Barguerta, Bishibu. They might be getting Lukeba. Lukeba, yeah, great yeah. young center back too. And then they playing? don't get yeah. them wrong. Konate Upamecano in the past two Frenchmen. Lukeba coming. Yeah. Pay attention to him. So... I think it's step by step. And RB Leipzig have a huge opportunity next season to grab 
the Bundesliga. They have it, but I don't think it, may, it might not be the case, but they're going to be very, mm. very good. Seifeld, like you're saying, I think he's yeah. going to be one of yeah. the best midfielders in the Bundesliga next season. He dictates well. the tempo so well and the decision making on him. The intelligence he has on the pitch, Seifeld is definitely one to watch from RB Leipzig next season when Schalke's life leaves. Different players, but like to have an important uh, importance in midfield. And I wanted to yes. say with the Red Bull group, want to give a special congratulations to, I give the, the shout out to Salzburg. I want to give a shout out to Bragantino. Red Bull Bragantino Lord. currently are a team that every other team in the Brazil are under afraid to play them. They have beaten this season 4-0 Flamengo. 4-0 Flamengo. Mm -hmm. They beat an Atlético Paranense that has been to a goalkeeper. Vitor Roque, a great youngster too. 2-0 this season. They beat in Sanch. And I think they didn't lose to Palmeiras. But my point is, Pedro Caixinha with Red Bull Bragatino this season with Lucas Evangelista is a team that is feared and a very well-structured team. And they bought Bragatino for like, was it like four years ago? Four or five years ago? Short period of yeah. time. They've had a big yeah. impact right now. And Claudinho, Remember, Claudinho won the best mm -hmm. player, the, the MVP of the Brasileirão at Bragantino. And then he, then he leaves to, to, to another, another leagues, another objectives. But he, had, uh, he got Rush. in 99, <laughs> he had in 99 games appearances for our, uh, Red Bull Bragantino, 32 goals. That, those yeah. are the players developed by this team. So pay attention yeah. to Red Bull Bragantino, just like you do with Salzburg. Because they're becoming a very good club in the Brasileiro. The striker that I've been watching, it's uh, the Uruguayan striker. I think he's 21, Thiago Borbas. Mm. Uh, first off, great name. Secondly, uh, yeah, I think he has scored when he's been given the opportunity. I think he's behind Alejandro, who is their normal striker. But Thiago Borbas is definitely one to watch. And Mosquera, um, interesting player too. Mosquera, yeah, 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 yeah. That's 21. a good shout out. I, I wonder. I wonder when um, you know Red Bull's going to turn their sights on a Portuguese club. I know they have a Brazilian club speaking <laughs> Portuguese, but when are they going to turn their sights on Premier Liga? Well, well, like we did, we even say Todd Boyle, where they got he's got in Strasbourg. I've seen Todd Boyle's yeah. name popping up to they buy go. Portuguese club already. But yeah, Red Bull yeah. to buy a Portuguese club one day. Well, that's that's an interesting we'll prospect see. to think about. But tell us down below, what do you think about the the Red Bull takeover in football? Other teams like Chelsea and Man City must be taking points from Red Bull because it has been working out these past 10 to 20 years. Tell us your comments about Red Bull Group in the comment section down below. Oi! Yeah. But I think we got a big mention, big last topic here in the in the podcast that yeah. you guys, this was a great, great season. We had a European treble with Man City. We had a fight to the end with the Bundesliga. But in all this, we had many underrated players that deserve to be mentioned. And in this video, we're going to be talking about underrated players that and we'll be doing an 11 of underrated players but before we get to it we want to see your underrated 11s in the comment section or just players mm. and explaining why you think they were an underrated player last season and for us to be watching for next season and don't forget to like this video if you're listening right now underrated 11 breton i'm excited yeah i'm excited to know some <laughs> of you some of your choices right there Oh my good! I think this is this is one of those ones where you just have fun doing it mm -hmm. because there's just so many so many ballers we don't get to talk about on a regular basis um, that I probably could have done 
five separate best 11s for underrated um, because some of them could be in different leagues that we don't normally spotlight mm -hmm. as much as the Premier League. And others could be different situations within a squad um, that never get the limelight because they're not scoring goals or they're not doing this, not doing that. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited for this, but um, I, I think you got to start. Come on, tell me, who, who's your goalkeeper? <laughs> My goalkeeper was a big star in this World Cup. Hey. He was very tough, yeah. okay? Hey. The Croatian goalkeeper that I'm still shook. How is this man still at Inam Zagreb at 27 years of age? Changing. Livakovic. Livakovic. Mm -hmm. I expect a move this summer for Livakovic, but he's still one of the most underrated goalkeepers in football right now. I could put Emiliano Martinez. I think he's a world-class keeper, and he's considered by many not, not that. So he's underrated for that. But Levakovic, yeah. I think, is a name that should be talked a lot more in the news. And yeah, I would say Levakovic as my underrated goalkeeper to talk. <laughs> I like it. And then there is a chance he's going to wind up in Turkey, right? That's Turkey, what we're hearing. So. Villarreal, I saw Villarreal. But Befica, mm. go get him. No, but they need a, a goalkeeper <laughs> that, that passes the ball very well. That's why they're going for Bento of Paranis. But Levakovic is a great well, great goalkeeper. An another, okay, I'll, I'll give you a goalkeeper that actually passes the ball relatively well. It's not his forte. It's not necessarily as good as Andre Onana. Mm. But listen, we mentioned him previously. David Raya uh, has taken a very, very interesting way to the Spanish national team. Uh, Spanish-born... And yet he's spent all of his life, essentially, developmentally at Blackburn and working his way up in English football. <laughs> David Raya is my uh, underrated baller to watch, uh, especially for this coming season, because he might get a big move uh, out of Thomas Frank's side uh, for this coming season. But uh, solid distribution. He would have been a guy that if Andre Nana fell through, maybe Manchester United, you know, I, I don't know if they want another Spanish goalkeeper, but... Maybe Manchester United could have gone down that pecking order and looked at David Raya because there's no doubt Brentford has completely outperformed everybody's expectations since they've come into this league. And I think David Raya does not get enough credit. And I love the way that he has gotten there. This man has found his way into the Spanish national team and he has never played for a side in Spain. You don't often see that. That's correct. True. That is very true. And considering that the academies in Spain are renowned as one of the best yeah. in the world to develop development-wise, that is very yeah. interesting that you noticed that. And David Ryan yeah. was talked to go to Tottenham a lot this offseason. Yes, he was. So, yeah. interesting. I, I, well, I think they've already got Vicario, so I wonder what, what they're going to do in that situation. But Ryan yeah. will get his move. He's still pretty young, so it's just... Uh, you know, another season at Brentford's not the worst thing in the world unless he's going to force that thing. I and think it's more so the price tag. They're asking for £40 million for him, mm -hmm. which is quite hefty. And St. David Ryan, Nick Pope can be in the talk of most underrated too, I consider it. Bazunu, yeah. Gavin Bazunu that got relegated, but for the Irish national team, extremely important. And James Trashford that ball out, balled out in the like under-21 uh, Euros. He's underrated yep. because now he's going to Burnley with Vincent Company, and he's going to ball out too. James Trafford, mm -hmm. pay attention to him. But my most underrated 11 of last season, I have Levakovic in goal. I have Fresneda of Real Valladolid at right back. Then my two center backs, I have Lewis Dunk and Fabian Schott, extremely underrated from yep. my point of view. And my left back is Rafael Greiru that's going to Bayern on a free. That is massively underrated that these moves happen with Rafael Grudge. So pay attention to those 
five underrated players in my point of view. <laughs> Fresneda, right. massive man. Fresneda should be talked Fresneda, a lot more. A lot more. Fresneda should be wanted by Arsenal, should be wanted by uh, Barcelona, should be wanted by Real Madrid. Like, all of them need a right back and a good right back. Fresneda is young and so, so good offensively and defensively. Barca, Barca Twitter seems pretty convinced that he's going there oh. over time. So, Arna Martinez, too. Hey, like, they were hey, confident yeah. Arnaud Martinez. I've seen tweets about that, but it's still not happening. Like, come no. on. Like, after after Artigul, yeah, after Artigulaire, you don't take anything for granted. That's for sure. <laughs> um, all right. Well, my, my defense is a little bit different because I agree with a lot of the ones that you have there, right? But I wanted to spotlight a couple others, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, goalkeeper, I've got David Wright. My left back, I go left to right for some reason. Left back is Javi Galan, who actually got his move. He will be at Atletico Madrid, and he won the most duels in La Liga last season, okay, and can get forward. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think he actually is tops for defenders and dribbles one or dribbles completed as well uh, for U23, or I'm sorry, for defenders, uh, a little bit better than Alejandro Balde, which in some respects says something, even though he's 27, 28 years old. So my left back is Javi Galan now at Atletico Madrid. Uh, my center backs are David Hanko at Feyenoord. Mm-hmm. No Hanko, no party for <laughs> Feyenoord last season. That's all I got to say. My other center back is going to be a weird one. The only good thing about Chelsea last season for a large stretch of that beyond Enzo was a, it was a kid named, a big kid, named Benoit Badiashile. I think this season, he was underrated last season. I think this season he's going to really, really come into his own uh, and be very, very important for whatever refresh, top six, top four, whatever you call it. And my right, ba- right back, I'm going to stay in the Premier League, and I'm going to spotlight Rico Lewis because Pep Guardiola himself said Rico Lewis um, was one of the biggest reasons why they turned things around and turned into the unbeatable fortress they were in 2023. And a lot of that was because Rico Lewis came in and did whatever the hell was told for him to do. Um, <laughs> Rico Lewis could play when uh, we all know Kyle Walker might be leaving. He could be playing a massive versatile role for Manchester city this season. My guess is they'll sign somebody else too, but Rico Lewis should have an expanded role once again. So let me do that again. Goalkeeper Raya left back, Javi Galan center backs are Hanko and body Chile, And my right back is Rico Lewis. I like it. I like it. Great mentions in the defense, but put down below your defenders that we haven't mentioned in the underrated Rico Lewis, though. That's quite Benoit body Chile and Rico it's Lewis. Feel. That could be, it's mm, weird. That could be a discussion be- between us, but definitely it they will were be very important. They were very important yes. in the both respective teams. And Levi Colfield yep. mustn't have been happy with the Benoit body Chile move. That's what I've heard. No. So, <laughs> but, my midfield okay not very offensive my midfield by my trio midfield the most underrated players the last season i have weefer of feyenoord i have amrabat of fiorentina and i have arsons of benfica i think these three players are extremely underrated for their teams and they had a pivotal role pivotal role for all their respective teams fiorentina went to a final of a European final because of Amrabat. And Amrabat is still at Fiorentina after that World Cup. He was elite (laughs) in the World Cup. Any team should sign him. He is world-class when he's played the right way. Amrabat. And Wiefer and Arsens 
are two massively underrated ballers that were at Feyenoord. No, Martins was at Feyenoord, and Weefer is his replacement. So I wanted to give a special congratulations to Weefer. And my last thing with underrated in midfield, remember Mm -hmm. in the past when Pelinha, we would say Pelinha, was uh, was underrated. People mocked us, said Portuguese bias. But Palinha right now, not underrated anymore. And it saddens me not to say his name in the underrated 11. So I wanted to say that. I wanted to say that in this video. World class. Well, you, they want you to tell them who's next now. They well, want you to tell them who's next. Who's well, coming out? Come on, who's coming out? I'd say Antonio Blanco. If I pay attention in mm. terms of like the CDM type roles, I'd pay attention yeah. in Portugal to Braga with Almusrati. Al Musrati is a great CDM today, okay, to get any top team. And I, w- I think Antonio Blanco impressed me a lot for Spain yeah, in the under-21 Euros. Big <laughs> teams should pay more attention to him. He had a good loan at Alavish, and I'm very curious to see what happens with La Fabrica talents like Antonio Blanco. Will, like Miguel Gutierrez got sold to Girona. Like, I was expecting yes, more. So let's yeah. see if Antonio Blanco happens the same, but he's underrated. He's underrated from Fair my enough. point of view. All right. Well, my midfield here uh, is going to be the midfield. Well, a big part of what will be the midfield to watch this season. But my first midfielder is Douglas Louise, Aston Villa. My uh, ah. next one is Joey Veerman with PSV Eindhoven. Okay. How this guy has not been snapped up by anyone just yet uh is is a reason why you know i was going on guys that are underrated last season that should be breaking out even more this coming season either by getting a big move and taking a step up or just having another brilliant season and my more attacking midfielder is going to be mike trezor um for genk i went in there and delivered 24 assists was their set piece man uh really glued their stuff together they wound up losing it in that crazy little championship thing where they, you know, kind of have the points and they go at each other in this championship round, the last 10 games or so of the season. Uh, But Genk was a much, much more solid team last season. And Mike Trezor went in there um, and just kind of made it his own. We'll see if he can do it again. But 24 assists, Vincent Company and Burnley have got to be chomping at the bit to get this guy in. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get a move. But if not, Genk will be happy. So, uh, Douglas Louise, Aston Villa, part of a really, really interesting midfield coming through. Now you've got Douglas Louise, you've got Bubakar Kamara, you've got Yuri Tielemin, you've got, oh gosh, who did we forget? They've got Morgan McGinn. Sanson. I know he's, they've got, no, John McGinn, Morgan Sanson. You've still got Felipe Coutinho in there. You've got Jacob Ramsey coming back from injury. I mean, Aston Villa is a team to watch, and I probably need to shut up because I might wind up jinxing them in some respects. Uh, but that midfield is Douglas Louise. I've got Joey Veerman, PSV Eindhoven, and I've got Mike Trezor uh, for Genk. Very interesting. Very interesting. And I wanted to say, too, Labotka. Some what? of you are commenting Labotka. I do consider yeah. Labotka another underrated midfielder, too. And I wanted to say a special, special mention to Tadic. Tadic, one of the most underrated players ever in the NFL's history. I think he's an Ajax legend, most definitely, Uh, with that Champions League run, too, in the past. 217 goal involvements Tadic had at Ajax. Five seasons. Uh, And historic. Historic. Yeah, I, I have to say it. I have to say it. And this is a separate thing in and of itself. This is the weakest I have ever seen Ajax. Ever. Ever. Okay, now. 
2019 was like a seminal moment for them, right? Dusan Tadic is the last of that 2019 squad that has now moved on. Okay, we remember Andrea Nana, we remember Van de Beek, we remember Ziyech, we remember all the De Jong, we remember De Ligt. All these guys from that 2019 crazy Champions League semifinal run, uh, Ten Hag at the helm, <laughs> Dusan Tadic is the, the last one essentially the to captain. leave. leave. They're, they're all, and the captain, they're all grayed out. Now you're talking about Yuri and Timber at Ajax leaving too. You're talking <laughs> Dusan Tadic getting, getting rid of him for nothing. I know he's 34, 35 yeah, years old, too. but still... And on top of that, uh, you might have Edson Alvarez leaving at some point in the near future. Mm, who, who is coming in at Ajax? That's now, true. Ajax has one of the best academies on the planet and still do to this day. So I'm hoping guys like Silvano Vos, guys like um, Jorel Hato can fill in definitely for your end Timber, um, Gabriel Misahoy. I hope that these guys actually get their chance before they go out there and spend their way through this. Um, but I just have to say it is like this off topic thing. Ajax is pretty weak looking right now. It's weird. <laughs> it's it's true. weird to see it's that. It's true. And then at the visa now, it's all up for grabs. And Arne Slot stays uh. at Feyenoord another season. Like we thought, I think we'll be staying. So hey, a lot of a lot yep. of good things to watch with the Eredivisie. So yep. midfield talk we've done, defensive talk we've done, and now it's the offensive trio. Woo! A lot of underrated players can be mentioned, but yeah. my trio of forwards that I consider very underrated from last season, I have Ricard Duarte, I have Gift Orban. What an impact he had from January at Ghent. Oh, my Church. days. And I have mm -hmm. Ivan Jaime, the best youngster, nominated the best youngster in Primera League. I think Antonio Silva should have won it, but Ivan Jaime, pay attention to him. Musa Diaby, I think he's underrated too. Maybe I should put Musa Diaby in front of Ivan Jaime, but I just wanted Villa. to give a special attention to him because Musa Diaby yeah. should be talked a lot more in this transfer window because he's a very good right winger that can sign for anyone. Musa Diaby for yeah. Leverkusen. Well, Leverkusen's holding out, man. They they want forty. <laughs> they want forty or bust. And, Respectively, uh, Villa, I think. Respectively. Of course. I mean, he's been consistent. Uh, how much of a that's another PSV, PSG, not PSV, cast off that winds up uh, printing dollars, printing euros um, for the team he winds up balling out for. You gotta gotta say it. But you know, there's no wrong answer with these underrated ballers. I did want to ask Ivan Jaime. He mm -hmm. nobody has picked him up yet. He's going to Porto. That's my. I, oh, I yeah. think he's definitely going to be picked up this summer. People at home. And I think Porto is the most likeliest destination. I think Porto, this summer, they've signed for Navarro. I think they're going to sign Alan Varela from Boca Juniors. And they're going to sign Ivan yeah. Jaime from Famalico. Three great oh, signings bro. from my point of view. And for that, I think Otavio might be leaving. But Otavio leaving. Uribe leaving. Taremi leaving. Ooh, that would my be goodness. very hard. Taremi's a one-year contract. And Taremi's <laughs> another underrated striker most definitely but i'm always talking about that emmy i can't shut up about that emmy but he's got more than 20 league goals consecutively okay very important for porto so it shocks me that at 30 he's his, still in the portuguese league that emmy. his agent was in manchester the other day was he not oh <laughs> so uh, look he'd be cheap uh, that's what i saw he'd be we'll like see. 15 we'll 20 see. million and united yeah. have gone the cheap road before with veghorst yeah we've seen that happen so i wouldn't mm -hmm. be shocked I wouldn't be shocked. Oh, but Taremi is much five better. times the player that oh, Veghorst yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although watch, watch, watch Veghorst do well for company. 
uh, this season at Burnley if he stays there. Um, but okay, my my uh, like I said, I preface this with there are no right answers. Uh, these are guys mostly I wanted to feature and guys <laughs> that I think are going to ball out even further this season. Uh, but my attack is Kang and Lee mm-hmm. for uh, now for PSG. Previously, um, you have to remember he was the first um, Asian player um, to play for Valencia. Okay. And then on top of that, he winds up now being the first South Korean ever to play for PSG after a 20 million euro move. But he was second in completed dribbles last season in La Liga. When you consider all of the other names, all of the other names that he has to go up against, Rodrigo, Vinicius Jr., I mean, all these other dribbling fiends, 90 dribbles completed, Kang and Lee was doing what he needed to do, right, for Mallorca. Um, so this is a massively historic move for him. So that's why I felt, you know, coupled with the fact that he did well in La Liga, well enough to uh, get PSG's attention, I think he's going to ball out in legal. I really do. I think he's going to be absolutely fun to watch for PSG. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but he's my left winger. My striker is Darwin Nunes. Already mentioned him previously. What? Um Injuries, all that fun stuff. Underrated to the whole entire team. I do. I think he was. I think he was underrated. I think he actually did well for the most part in his his first season. And I think it's more so him setting up a platter for a massive, massive second season in a Liverpool shirt. In fact, I'm adamant. I think he will. In fact, I'm adamant that he will. Yes, I I call him under. I call him. I call him underrated because he's a bit divisive for most people. Mainly people that are not Liverpool supporters, right? Um, so it's it's more so that uh, I still do think he's relatively underrated, though. You don't you don't think so? <laughs> no, what he did for them nah, that season? No, nah, no, nah, yeah. I'm not feeling. All right, that. not feeling. That. Well, listen, his expectations were sky high, um, so he might have missed that mark. So underrated. You and I had a different definition of kind of what we were putting together here. Um, I think he's more poised for that big breakout Premier League season. Um, I understand the price that came in, but I think expectations have now relatively cooled off, uh, and I think he's going to be a massive part of this new-look Liverpool squad. Completely agree. Um, Number nine. I'm even going to go as far to say as he should be top four in Golden Boot by the end of the season. Worldwide. Worldwide. Uh, uh, Well, I'm not going to say worldwide. In the Premier League. That's obvious. Like, a hundred million price tag? (laughs) Number nine for Liverpool? (laughs) That's that's not underrated, That's obviously... (laughs) <laughs> that's not it's not that obvious these days then what's jack Grealish supposed to be i guess he's supposed to win what's yeah. jack felix supposed to be he's he's supposed to be where but no i mean golden boot there's got to be other things darwin nunez does for the team uh beyond just putting the goals in the in the back of the net but no i'm with you um if it's a given top four then yeah there you go it's the least bold statement ever made than in this whole entire thing i think he's more well, underrated than mitrovic than darwin nunez in the premier league well, Darwin, Darwin Nunes, okay, Alexander Mitrovic has been given a longer leash than Darwin Nunes has because of the price tag. Yeah. Alexander Mitrovic had two previous tries in the Premier League, both massive failures, before he finally got it right this time, and now he's off to Saudi Arabia to do it there. Well, so, let's see that. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I love, I love Alexander Mitrovic, but Darwin Nunes has a very short leash because he didn't, he wasn't the guy that, you know, brokered the deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a player, I get it. The price tag befits the man. But as it as of right now, I still think he was underrated last season. Um, and if he was obviously healthier, uh, hopefully 2023, 20, 2024, 
Well, I guess what you're saying is it has to be better for him this season, or he's going to be. be uh, it will be. Benfica had the same be. thing. Second season was sure. much better than the first. Okay, so I've got, you know, my attack is Kang and Lee. We've got Darwin Nunez, and I'm going to throw a guy up there that's not really a winger. He's not really a forward per se, but he's a guy that's poised for a big move and was like the only real good thing about Ajax last season, and that is Mohamed Kudus, okay? Mm -hmm. This guy is going to remain the only great thing about Ajax this coming season, but I have a feeling there are several clubs that want him, that want him and want him big and brighten. I can't think of a better way to spend your money if you'd like somebody to razzle, dazzle, <laughs> give you some midfield, some attack versatility. Mohamed Kudos is the guy and another guy that traces his lineage back to <laughs> FC Norgelin. Oh. And I love it and I'm here for it. Um, so Mohamed Kudos, he led, led the year to Vizy and dribbles uh, completed. He had 11 goals and I'm pretty certain he didn't even get to play all the games because there was a big injury in there at one point. That is true. Um, but he is so much fun to watch. You bring him into the Premier League, I'm watching whatever team he's on. Yeah, so. Kudus for Ghana in the World Cup was fun to watch. And yes, personally, me being Portuguese, the moment he got substituted, I was very happy that that just happened. <laughs> Wanted to mention that. Kudus is a bowler. Box-to-box -box midfielder. Yes. Great, great player. And I want to give a special credit to two, to Braga. Braga, I think they, they, they have two players uh, I mentioned Ricardo Duarte, but I think Abel Ruiz is also another very underrated uh, striker that, that played extremely well in the under-21 Euros. Sergio Gomes uh, can be considered underrated. Not Braga, I know. Man City, very, very yeah. good in the under-21 Euro, uh, under Euros. One of the star players of the tournament. I think he was maybe better than Anthony Gordon. And I want to say yeah. Victor Gomes right back too. I said Fresneda. I think Fresneda is better than Vitor Gomez in my point of view. But Victor Gomez, for the player he is, and he's not too much talk. He was bought for two million by Braga. Two million. That's mm -hmm. what they spent to get him. So that's a very, very good deal. And even Bruma, another player. Salazar that just left Schalke, offensive midfielder, signed for Braga too. Look, pay attention to Sporting Braga. That is an underrated team that might be impressing next season. I wanted to yeah, give well, that special you know, credit. Special credit. Next, next thing, next thing, Braga will do. They'll sign Ozan Kabak, right? Just, just get all those <laughs> relegated Bundesliga team. No, I know. Uh, Kabak was at Schalke at one point. I think he's at Hoffenheim or somewhere now. They sell well. Um, they sold David Kahn. No, that... They've sold Vitinha to uh, to Marseille. They've sold Rafa yeah. in the past. They've sold Trincão in the past. Braga is a team it's that's true. improving over the years. And now true. with the but... chance of Champions League with PSG Investment yeah. Group. Oof. Speaking of Trincao. Mm -hmm. We do have to say it is what? It's Portugal versus Italy, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm -hmm. In the U19 Euro final that's coming up. And Portugal <laughs> is looking for their first win in several years. Uh, I think, what, 20, yeah, 2018, yeah, yeah. 2019? Yep. Uh, and the last time they were there, I believe it was Trincao. And, and it was, who was Jota. the other one? Jota? It was Jota. Yeah, Jota. Golden Boots. Both. Um, both, yeah, five each or something like that. So. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously they had younger players that could have played there, you know, certain Jao Felix and some others. That's uh, but U19 Euros, uh, Portugal's looking for a win. And Italy has been more so a team um, than a few standouts. But Portugal right now are being led by who? Uke being Felix. led by Jao Felix's brother, Uke Hugo Felix. Felix yep. Great player. And man. Rodrigo Ribeiro. 
Rodrigo Rodrigo Ribeiro, Ribeiro, Hugo Félix, Gonçalo Ribeiro, the goalkeeper. I rate him so highly. After Diogo Costa leaves, my shadow is good too, but Gonçalo Ribeiro has world-class potential in him. Very confident goalkeeper. Very, very confident. Yeah, I think so. Portugal, Edithon, they'll beat Italy. Okay, all yeah, right. easily. And then the last thing, before we sign off for 114 here, man. Uh, I just uh, want to say I, the I, 11. My 11. The oh, underrated yeah, 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 11. Okay. My best 11. My, 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 my 11 of underrated players I have in goal. Levakovic. I have Fresneda. I have Fabian Schar. Lewis Stunk. And at the left back, I have Rafael Greer. Then my 3-0 in midfield. I've got Orsens, Amrabat, and Weifert. All underrated yep. in my point of view. And my three or forwards, I have Ricardo Horta, I have Gift Orban, and I have Musa Diaby. Underrated yeah. for how good he is. But pay attention to Ivan yeah. Jaime. Wanted to see that. Okay. <laughs> so you did underrated ballers for this last season. I'm doing underrated ballers to watch for 2023, 2024. That's why there's but a big difference. But you can watch both. Like, I, I said players both. to watch yeah. both. Like, you can pay attention oh, to them. Okay. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Now, my, my 11 here, my goalkeeper is uh, David Raya from Brentford. My defense is Javi Galan, who got his big move to Atleti. Uh, center backs are David Hanko. And Benoit Badi's Chile. My right back is Rico Lewis. I know he played in the midfield a lot, but that's what's so helpful about this. My midfield is Douglas Luis at Villa. Very intriguing midfield at Villa now. Joey Veerman at PSV Eindhoven. And Mike Trezor, who dropped 24 assists uh, at Genk in Belgium. My attack is Kangen Lee for Mallorca now at PSG. So watch him this season. And Darwin Nunes, eh, first year. I think 2023, 2024 is going to be huge for him and not quite a winger in some respects, not even really an attacker, just wanted to put him in here. But Mohamed Kudos, who's one of the most electrifying on this list, and you need to watch him. Uh, I like him. <laughs> I like us, him. It's a good 11. Tell us your underrated 11s in the comment section. And if you're listening until now, do not forget to like this video. But yes, Bretton, you yep. want to say it's last mention. Tell us, tell us. <laughs> Well, this weekend, this weekend, we will finally see Lionel Messi in an Inter-Miami <laughs> shirt. Uh, his family is here. He is settled. And anybody that has been listening to this this long, uh, he is enjoying, enjoying Florida man life. Uh, there was video of him taking the his family out yeah. <laughs> without getting mobbed to the Florida of all Florida supermarkets. And that is Publix. Uh, and it is a beautiful sight to see him here and also not as harried as he would be probably in other places on this planet, which is, I think, what a little bit of what he signed up for. But long story short, uh, Lionel Messi, uh, I wanted to bring him up uh, because he is the lightning rod, the catalyst that should lead to other signings in the very near future, uh, not just of Inter-Miami, but of others. But focusing on Inter-Miami alone, they are about ready to bring in two players, um, at, and one of them, I think, is more advanced than the other, and that is Facunda Farias, um, who's a delightful winger uh, coming off of an ACL surgery. So this is a little bit iffy, um, but he is a type of player that we want to see brought in around Lionel Messi to go with Sergio Busquets and probably Jordi Alba um, and all that good stuff. But this, along with Copa America, along with hopefully MLS clubs and Liga MX clubs doing more things against big clubs like Palmeiras and Santos and all that good stuff. Uh, hopefully this is the catalyst that starts a big opening of the purse strings in all North American football, I should say, um, because my goodness, is it absolutely necessary 
now that Saudi Arabia has decided to jump the gun and get started on a massive reawakening project of their own. Mm -hmm. uh, but my goodness, Messi is here. It is beautiful. Um, and this League's Cup thing, I don't know if you've heard about it, but they're shutting down Major League Soccer. They're shutting down Liga MX. And what they're doing is they're pitting the two of them together in a World Cup-style tournament that will be uh, a round of 32, um, you know, March Madness-style single elimination uh, type of tournament that if you can't get up for that, <laughs> then I don't know what you can get up for. The messy I'm, I'm excited to see it. Messy effect. The messy effect. Tata man. Martino has already joined as a manager. You have now and Tata Martino, Busquets, Lionel Messi. Like, Lionel Messi hasn't even played one match for Inter Miami. Not one. Yet... All the matches are sold out. Sold yeah, out commercially. Yep. The interest of football or soccer in the States is skyrocketing. And Facundo Farias, that's actually a really good move. And in the past, we've seen Talish Magnu going from Vashta Gama to New York City. We've seen yep. Brenner going to Cincinnati. We've seen yep. youngsters taking a chance. Tiago Almada. Almada. Almada mm -hmm. could be said like an Argentinian national team player. Almada, one of the best players in the MLS, he's in yep. the MLS. So I, I like you're going well, uh, really well, good places with that. I completely the, agree. The, yeah, the big one I would really like for them to sign, and uh, we'll see. It's less so, but Brian Aguirre is another one, one of the best dribblers in the entire Liga Profesional. Uh, so I will be really interested to see if they can get that over the line. But it makes sense, you know, bringing a bunch of young Argentine players um, oh. to learn from who. What <laughs> best? And there's a uh, youngster in Inter trying... Miami too. There's a youngster in Inter yeah. Miami. Benja. Very good player. Yes. Benja. So how? Benja Kramashi. Very creative, right? Very creative. He's U.S. born, um, and it's one of the first players that the Argentine uh, national team has ever come in and said, "Well, we want him first because we see his future uh, as being insanely bright." Um, and yeah, he was brought in, and I think there's going to be a fight. Uh, form and one that I think sadly Argentina might win over the U.S. But he is immense. He scored his first goal the other day in pretty, pretty solid fashion at 17 years old. So good oh, for him. That might be happening. Oh my! So Argentinian players are developing in the MLS. It's it's just great yep. to see. And Gagastonina was even bought to Chelsea, and he developed in the MLS. He proved himself there. Yep. So once again, you're showing strides. And USL two, the league has promotion and relegation. Maybe one day we'll, we'll have a merge. Well, maybe one day we'll have a merge. Joshua Vinder <laughs> has been bought from Benfica. But people, tell yeah. us your, down below your comments about Messi's debut. Tell us what are you thinking about what's going to happen with Messi. And will he Who's win going? an MLS yeah. Cup? Will he win an MLS yeah. Cup with Inter Miami, Lionel Messi? Hi, Brenton. No. I think Brenton doesn't no. agree with that. I'm shaking my head. I'm shaking my head. No. Oh, no, man. sir. Oh. Uh, but tell us but your it, expectations. It yeah, it will be a fun, fun ride, and this is only the beginning. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, you know, Saudi Arabia is getting all the headlines right now with all these players going there. It's but I, if, if it's more Facundo, Facundo Farias, uh, if it's more uh, Brian Aguirre's and Tiago Almadas. I'll take that any day of the week over, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I don't well, know. Thank Alexander Mitrovich. <laughs> no. Well, thank Get you for it. listening until now for episode 114. It's been a long one. And if you're listening, Ooh. please like this video and like our videos that we post on YouTube. It's a, this, it's a bold job that we have to do. And we think your community has been enjoying. But keep striding and helping us by liking all the videos that we post. And again, sure thank thing. you for listening to episode 114. 
until now, people.